pandemic has changed a lot of plans for people, but you know, like maybe this will lead to something greater than you expected. Welcome to my podcast, Keep It Spicy. My name is Shuba, and I will be your host for today's episode. Interested in hearing about love, life, travel, and career? I will be exploring all those topics and more. If you want to tag along for something fun, entertaining, exciting, and of course, spicy, hit that follow button so you can stay up to date with more episodes. Now, let's get into it. This is Keep It Spicy. Today's guest is Amparo Wu. Amparo is a freelance digital marketer with a background in social media marketing strategy and public relations. Amparo has a passion for keeping up with social trends, content calendars, photography, which can be found on her website, and coffee. Interestingly though, one of her most recent experiences was working as a pre-triage screener at a hospital during the first big COVID-19 outbreak in Markham, Ontario, back in March 2020. So this is like super casual, by the okay. way. So <laughs> I feel like I should have took a shot before this or something. <laughs> no, oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> Thank you for joining me on Keep It Spicy. I'm so excited to have you on my show. You know what? I'm drinking a cup of Aroma coffee because I was like, uh, you used to work. At, that's where we met. <laughs> the first time we met was after your shift at Aroma. And then we went and grabbed bubble tea. So I was like, let's honor this meeting. <laughs> she is another- a very good host. She knows her guests so well. I that try. Is, I try. <laughs> but thank you for hopping on the show today and, you know, for being on Keep It Spice with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Shuba. I'm glad to be here. Before we like get into like what today's episode is going to be about I just wanted to ask like this is a question that I ask like all my interview guests like what what have you been up to like tell us a little bit about yourself like you know what basically is the spice to your life that's a really good question I feel like I could have a lot of answers for that but um this year just very recently I've been starting on being a content creator and that's something that I've been doing for a while but I didn't know like what really my niche was and I I felt like I was doing a lot of things and I was like passionate about a lot of things but I never had a title for it so like um, creating social calendars like when I was at my internship in PR that was something I really enjoyed doing but I was like oh that's just like a PR thing and then another thing I do in my spare time is take photos and I'm like oh that's just like a photography thing but I never thought to put like the two and two together and call it something. So I've just realized that, oh, like maybe this is something that I should look more into. Um, Yeah, I'm just starting to freelance myself as a content creator. And I think that's what I really want to do. And right now I've just been working at Starbucks. I used to work at Aromas where I met Shiva and then I moved to Starbucks. So now I'm there, but I've recently began to take over their social media um, so I'm going to be taking you over there. Really? Instagram. Yeah. No way. Are you serious? Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Just for the store, like the store's Instagram. That's um, okay. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's so fun. And this is in Markham? Yeah, this is in Markham. I'll send you the link. Oh my gosh, I love this. Congratulations. <laughs> this Thank is so you. fun. And I feel like you'd be really good at that type of stuff. Like, first of all, you make like bomb, like latte art, which like I have seen firsthand. And on top of that, you're like, this is your jam, like creating content, like out of the art that you've made on your coffee. Like, this is awesome. Like, oh my gosh, I'm 
that was man I'm pleasantly surprised to hear Thank that you, I'm you, so happy for you honestly you've been like such a huge motivator like you have all these freaking boss babes that come on your podcast and you yourself are freaking boss babes so I just feel like very motivated by that and you always say that oh like you can do it you can do it so oh girl because you can I only speak <laughs> words of truth <laughs> I'm not lying to you oh, that's awesome um and can I ask like since you you know you are super big into like social media and all these like platforms and channels what is something interesting about you that we could learn but something that we would not have been able to find online I've been really into candles lately I don't know if that was what the answer you were looking for because I feel like oh maybe a lot of my school stuff you can find online or uh but yeah I like in relation to the candles I've just been taking a lot of self-care for myself so I used to be like one of those people that wanted to go out all the time like I've been out with you and like our other friends and stuff but definitely like over the quarantine I realized like to be more at peace with myself is like very important and like taking care of your mental health so like I still like to go out with people but I've set a huge amount of space just for myself like candles and just like doing my hobbies editing photos is something I like to do and that's like stuff I can do by myself so that's a great hobby and how did you pick up like candle making like did you did you already know how to do this or this is like something that you just picked up I'm not even making the candles. I'm like trying to support the small businesses that make them though. Um, I have one oh. here actually. Oh my gosh. YR Candles. I think her tag is at YR Candle Shop. So she's based in Scarborough. But I got two of them. This one is called Marshmallow Fireside. And uh, I got another one that's like cinnamon buns. But they've been, they're really good. Yeah. Uh, oh she's gosh. also on Etsy. Okay, great. Taking notes. Because I do remember I even asked you like a couple months ago. I was like, girl, do you know where I can get like local candles? (laughs) I love this. I'm taking self-care, taking a precedent in your life. Um, I I love that. I feel like that's like a big thing for a lot of people because of the pandemic. And speaking of the pandemic, so I know back in March, so like 2020 March last year, you were a frontline worker. So you were a pre-triage screener at a hospital. And so I just basically wanted to talk to you about your experience being on the front line during a global pandemic. You already know this, but we appreciate you. Um, but just to be clear, you were considered an essential frontline worker, correct? Yes. What does that role entail? What was your day-to-day routine like at the hospital? Uh, were you were you in this role before the lockdown? No, I wasn't. So it was actually a job created specifically because of the lockdown, because of quarantine. Um, like when you get to the hospital, like when you go to emergency, you get um, assessed for triage. So um, I would be the person that you see before you see like the first nurse or the first doctor. Uh, basically, when you walk through the door, they set up these like, like screening tables with a shield. You would be the like very first point of contact for the hospital. So as soon as you walk into the ER, um, I would be there and then I would ask you about your travel history and your symptoms. I was there at the hospital from March to June. So a lot of the practices kept changing um, depending on like the necessities of the hospital or like incoming, incoming information and stuff like that from the government. So first, like like my very first couple of shifts, um, I only ask, do you have fever, coughing, or shortness of breath? And then if you had any of the symptoms, then 
I don't think you would be allowed to be in the hospital. And this was also for staff. So I had to screen staff and incoming patients um, as well. And everyone would get screened exactly the same, um, which was really funny because a lot of staff thought they could like bypass certain entrances without screening, et cetera, et cetera. But everybody had to be screened um, the exact same way. And specifically for me, because I had an open availability, I would only be scheduled really for the nighttime. So I was able to work overnight at the hospital um, first for like 12 hour shifts. And that's all you would really be doing is um, assessing symptoms. Um, eventually they added the question of, have you been in like contact with someone um, with COVID? And like, did you travel outside of Ontario? And if yes, um, like at first they were like, oh, for, for patients that wanted to come in first, um, if you had any of the symptoms or if you answered yes to like any of the screening questions, you would actually be turned away from the hospital. Um, I don't know like any of the reasons for any of these things. I just knew like, oh, if they gave you a flow chart. So it's like symptoms, no, okay, proceed to triage. If, and then the other side would be symptoms, yes, turn away. And you would tell the patient, oh, can you actually call uh, telehealth, which is like the telephone um, like service that Ontario provides. Like you can like tell them your symptoms and your concerns there. And then they would actually direct you what to do. So if, if the patient came, they're like, oh, I called telehealth already. Telehealth told me to come to the hospital. Um, you would say, okay. Then you would give them like a mask if they didn't have one. This was like pre masking like when it was uh when it had when you had to wear a mask um so you give them a mask and then you would like tell them to proceed to emergency um and then if you were staff and you answered yes to any of these like questions yes i have a fever yes i have this yes i have that um you would act first you would be turned away and then you would have to call occupational health and like tell your supervisor um and then occupational health would tell you like oh um just monitor or, oh, you can come back in two weeks. This is your new start date, depending on how you feel, blah, blah, blah. When you feel better, call back Oc Health. Um, and then you wouldn't be able to go back into the hospital until 48 hours have passed um, from when you felt better. So it's like, let's say I had coughing on Wednesday and then I feel good now by Thursday. I have to wait 48 hours to go back to work from Thursday. Um, and then eventually, I think when like stage three came, the rules changed again. So if, if you were staff and you like did have symptoms, if they weren't new symptoms, then you would still be able to work. Uh, but they gave you like a sheet where you had to monitor like your symptoms and keep track of it like as a document. And then you would have to give it to your supervisor, which would like give it to Oc Health or maybe you had to give it to Oc Health directly, I can't remember, but... Um, they would like monitor you that that way. <laughs> and then another part of my job was to just have like all my PPE ready at my station. Uh, when I got to work or to the hospital, I would screen. They would ask me all the questions. I said no. Then I'd be able to proceed to the screener's office where like I signed in. Um, and then at the screener's office, I would check like where I would be deployed. So for my first couple of shifts, there would be like maybe two screeners to a 
station depending on which entrance it was and then eventually it was just like one screener so yeah so after i head upstairs to the screener's office i would check where i'd be deployed it's like oh today i'm at the ambulance bay or today i'm at er the hospital is 24 hours so there would always be someone there but if they needed like more ppe then i would just grab it for them quickly like oh they called us they need more gloves or they called us they need more masks something like that um so i just bring it down uh and then i would like well wear full PPE. So gown, mask, face shield, gloves, and cavi wipes, which are like hospital grade, like kind of like Lysol wipes. When you switch people, you just like cavi wipe everything, put on your PPE, and then you just sit there and then start the cycle over again. Hi, having fever, shortness of breath. No, have you traveled outside of Ontario? No. Um, and the, like the symptoms, the symptom list did like expand a lot. So those were like the three most important ones, but then there's also like sore throat and like ready dose, et cetera, et cetera. But I believe now, um, since I left, it, everyone is like self-screening. So they kind of just look at the list themselves and the screener's just there like if they have any questions. It might've changed though. I know everything's always changing, but that was kind of like the gist of when I was there. Okay, dang. So you sit there in your battle suit <laughs> for 12 hours. Wow. And was your hospital, like, was it a testing center? Yes. Yeah, they had a okay. assessment center. Oh, first. but that's like, that's so like, oh my gosh, like that's so like there's so many steps basically like there's a lot of protocol because like when I got a COVID test it was yeah it was but it was like much later in the summer and it was like we went in they asked us like well yeah there was a chart in the front that was like symptoms or no symptoms whatever to do and then we got the test and this seems so like cumbersome where it's like you go in somebody asks you if you've had the, if, if you've had the symptoms which most people like I mean you ideally should be you should be precautious anyways, but I would assume that like some people who actually had COVID were also going in there with symptoms. And then they tell you, okay, you have symptoms now go back home and then call telehealth yes. and then come back again. Like that seems so like cumbersome and just so like such, it's so long. It's like such a long process. Yes. And um, oh, so that's like specifically for like the earlier uh, parts of like quarantine. Now it's different. But like at first that was like the protocol and like of course a lot of people are upset. They're like, oh, like I came here, this is a hospital. Like, where am I gonna go? I'm gonna go back home and spread my COVID. Like, you know, like I understand. And honestly, like I have no idea. See, like I don't have a background in healthcare. So I was just like the messenger pretty much. Um, and then around the time when I was like finishing my contract leaving, they changed it. So it's like, it like first it was like, oh, if they have, these symptoms tell them to go home and call Dell Health. And they were like, oh, if they, they have these symptoms, go up to the triage nurse and tell them that they have COVID symptoms. And then it was like, ask them to take a look at the symptoms and then just send them to triage anyway because the nurse will triage them there. And I was like, okay. like, And then I would have to tell the next screener, okay, so like this changed again. You don't have to ask them anything. Like the nurse will triage them already, which is true. Like the questions that I would ask, they would also ask anyway. So like- A little I, redundant. <laughs> it was very redundant. Yeah. So like it literally kept changing like from day to day. And yeah. you have a background <laughs> in like communications and PR. So why did you pick this job in the middle yeah. of the pandemic also? Yeah, for sure. That's like a very good question. So I have no background in healthcare, like no background in taking care of people, like not even like, you know, ECE or anything like that. Shuba and I, we met at Aroma where I was a barista. And then I just felt like December of 2019, 
I felt like, you know, this is a good run, but I really want to focus on like my career and go back into like PR and social and digital things like that. So I decided to like work on my portfolio and stuff. But then um, I was still looking for work and then like Corona hit. I was like, oh, like nobody knew what was going to happen. Like nobody knew anything, what's going on. Like, um, and then my friends knew that I was just kind of looking for work. So all my friends are in either like life science or nursing for some reason. Um, which is like good for me now because I just shoot them a text. I'm like, hey, like, what is this sore throat meat? And they're like, just drink more water. I'm like, no, really, what does it mean? But um, yeah, so um, some of my nursing friends or like one of them in particular, she was like, hey, because um, they were doing like their student work at the hospital, like their mandatory hours and things like that. So they had connections at the hospital. And then she was like, oh, um, so I heard this hospital is looking for screeners. Like it pays really well. This is what they're gonna pay hourly and pretty much all you have to do is sit there. Uh, it's contract. So if you don't like it, you don't have to like stay there. Like it's just temporary. And then I was like, oh, okay, like cool. And then I looked at the job description and I guess like nobody really knew what this job would be entailing. So it was like pretty vague, but I'm like, this is a hospital job. Like it has to be like legit. Uh, the pay is really well. And like my friends work at the hospital. So if I have any questions, like I can, like they'll be there. So like I just applied, uh, I sent my cover letter as well. And then I kind of just left it. That was just one of the many applications and my job hunt. <laughs> so then I got an email actually a week, about maybe about a week later. And then it was like very late at night. It was like 11 p.m. or something. And she was like, hi, can we do a phone like screen, like a phone call interview tomorrow at this time? And then if it goes well, then we're going to have like an in-person interview the day after and bring your SIN card and all your information because it's because you might get hired and I was like whoa <laughs> like okay <laughs> and then like I told my friend I was like they seem to be moving really fast in this job process she's like yeah I heard they're like very urgently looking for people da, 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 da. that's just the way it was so I was like okay like I guess I'm gonna be hired soon maybe this is just what it looks like like she never called me actually she just she emailed me like 10 minutes after we were supposed to have the phone call. And she's like, oh, I got caught up in a meeting. Can you just come in for the in-person interview and bring your SIM card and all that stuff? And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> this is the fastest process I've ever had in my life. But it's a hospital, right? It has to be legit. So I went in to the hospital and I had to look for it because it's so big. Like, fortunately for me, like I haven't had a lot of experience with the hospital. So like, I don't know where everything is. And I was like, where am I supposed to find this? like very specific hospital. And I feel like it looks kind of sketchy if I'm just walking around and stuff. It's like, oh my gosh, the patient got out. Eventually, like I found it. <laughs> um, and then there was like a bunch of people there. So apparently they were doing group interview. Like, okay, it wasn't a group interview, but every, like they had a cohort of people and then they like walked us to like a bigger room and then there were like multiple interviewers there and each person was assigned an interviewer they're like okay now go to this room this is all on the same day like the same hour so oh my like, gosh don't <laughs> tell me the next room they're like give me your sin <laughs> what 
Yeah. So oh, they're like, okay, go to the next year. They open the door. There's some guy that he's like, hi, congratulations. You got hired. I'm like, I did not even see you talk to that lady. Like, you wow. guys did not even walk together. Like, unless you have like walkie talkies or something, or like she sent you a text. Like, I don't know. How oh my think. gosh. <laughs> I don't know how you think that happened. Like, like I said, I have no background in healthcare, but I think they just, they were looking for people to accommodate the changes that were going in the hospital. And I, I don't know, maybe there was some sort of like quota they were like supposed to meet or something, but there was like a whole bunch of us. And I'm pretty sure like, as long as you weren't a serial killer, like this could be your like foot in the door for the hospital or in healthcare. So, <laughs> so I went in, hi, you got hired for the job. <clears throat> and then they just set up like all these uh, tables in a room and then it would kind of just be like a cycle so then they like give you an information sheet and then you go to the next table and then you would take a picture for your like photo id for the badge and then the next table oh this is the mask fit table so uh, I think like at first they wanted to give beaners like N95s and stuff like that but apparently there are different fits for the mask like for different people's faces so you would have to get fitted for your mask and then like you get like a little card certifying like what your mask was we never ended up using it we still we just used like the regular masks that everyone's using then yeah like it was done so basically I got hired in maybe like an hour and a half I like text my friend I was like so like I don't know what just happened but um, I got hired <laughs> I got hired like congratulations to me and like it, it wasn't even enough time to process like the fact I was getting interviewed or like the fact I even got a job there was just I was just like whoa okay <laughs> like I went from looking for where the for where this office was to getting hired at this hospital but like you know you gotta adapt I guess you gotta you know it was fine for me like I didn't really have anything else lined up no, like no conflict or anything like that so I was like okay like congratulations to me and then I felt a little bit better when she told me that another mutual friend of ours that was a nursing student um, she's a nurse now, but like when she was like a nursing student there, she also applied for the screener job. So she was also going to be doing it. So like that gave me a peace of mind. So I didn't really know what to expect. I was like, okay, like, let's see how it goes. <laughs> and then they're like, okay. So I guess this was like on a Friday. They're like, you're going to start on a Monday. I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. oh, and then also to get hired at the hospital because you're working with people. And this is like a, like a public sector thing. I don't, I don't know. You have to get your police check like your your police background check I kind of I think there's like a formal way of saying it but basically you have to get that from your municipal like police station I'm like how am I supposed to get that from Friday to Monday I'm like all right I'm like <laughs> it takes a few weeks I think maybe like two three weeks to get it they're like oh as long as you get it within the first month or something like just give it to us as soon as um, you can so I was like okay and then um, you also had to have like your immunization record and send it to them so it's like the immunization from when you were like a kid it's like this yellow piece of paper when you get your shots like in school in like grade seven and eight and stuff like that and I was like well like I don't even know if I still have that <laughs> like for the people and like the people that weren't born here like I don't know if they even have one at all like I'm like so a lot of people had to like call their doctors or something and then book like an appointment within that weekend to go get it it was like very haphazard at first I'm not gonna lie <laughs> like there was just 
there's a lot to remember and lots to um, get going. And even parking, like parking at the hospital, you have to call like the like a separate entity to get your parking pass to work and like how you want to pay for it. So it was just like, it was a lot. We, we managed somehow. Wow, thank you for sharing all of that. Also, congratulations, everybody. Amparo bought her first car last year. And it was like, wasn't it like a month before this this happened, before you got this job? Or oh was my it the gosh. Same? <laughs> Girl, I pay attention. You think you I forget pay- these things? I, I admire you. Of course I would pay attention. That is so amazing. I can't, I can't even believe anyone remembers that. <laughs> Shiva, you are so great at your research and what you do. Um, yeah, so I got my license like August 2019. And then I was looking for a car. So I got, I actually, I got it towards the end of the year, but it, it like it worked out, right? Because then a few months later, I'd be needing it to go to work and stuff overnight. And like, there's really like, you don't really want to be taking public transit, let alone at like, I don't know, 9pm at night coming back at like 5 a.m. in the morning or 6 a.m. So it, it really worked out. Oh my gosh, yeah. I cannot imagine who would want to take the bus like that late, especially like when everybody's also panicking about the virus. And also, I just like love this story because like, yes, it's like everything happens so quickly. Man, <laughs> I wish like all the interviews that I went to and wanted, I wish the turnaround was this quick. I wish that too. I wish, you know... It would be amazing. I think we'd all be happy, but. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I like, I, I, but I also get what you mean where it's like, even though you don't have this background in healthcare, like you have no choice. Cause you're just like, I need to somehow find an income. And like, I feel like so many people like myself included, so many people went through that struggle last year where either you were already looking for a job pre pandemic or you got laid off during the pandemic or, or, you know, there's just like that type of stuff happened where you're like, okay, wow, I'm in this situation where I have no income. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to like do all these things? So like, yeah, you just kind of have to adapt, like you said, and just like make it work. So kudos to you. And I 100% respect it. And also just like, also respect you for doing like something that was so dangerous. So you were basically screening patients and staff, like visitors and other like first responders entering the hospital. So that literally puts you in direct contact, so to speak, even though obviously you're not touching them, right? But it still puts you in line with people who could have been carrying the virus. So how did that feel? It was very surreal, like especially because this is like my very first time in a healthcare setting period. So I'm like learning how this works in general. And then in the midst of a pandemic, got thrown into the fire there. I think the most interesting entrances to screen would definitely be ER, but also the ambulance bay. You know, when you come in on a on a gurney or like a stretcher, like um, like a little entrance there, it's like where the doors open and then paramedic wheel you in. I, you know, it was like my first time there. It was kind of cool. Like, oh, so this is like the other side of it. Like, I, I don't really watch Greatest Anatomy and all that stuff. <laughs> so I don't know if it's like, if they show it like on TV and stuff. But that was like my first time experiencing something like that. Fortunately for me, like I said, like I don't really have experience like visiting a hospital like for people. And like, I, I've never like been admitted to a hospital myself. So like just watching people come in and they're like, sick like even some people they wouldn't really have symptoms or like COVID or anything they would just come in for other things um it was just like kind of really sad to see 
because I felt like, oh, you know, someone's sick. That's a really sad thing. As an emotional person, it's just like, I just like took it on very deeply. Like every person that comes in, I'm like, oh, like this is their life. You know, like when you text someone, oh, so-and-so is in the hospital. Everybody gets sad, right? And I'm just like seeing that all the time. I'm seeing like multiple people come in and multiple families like wanting to visit, but they can't because this is our visitor policy, one person. Like this is such a scary thing for people to go through by themselves, right? COVID or no COVID, being in the hospital is like frightening. (laughs) And like as much as you want to like console every single person that walks in, like you're not allowed to tell them anything because nobody knows, like nobody knows what's going to happen. And like, there's just like so many people that need to come in. And I, it just really gave me a admiration for like frontline workers other than myself. Like everybody has a role, like nurses, doctors, screeners, um, even environmental services, like the people that have to come and like clean everything, like mop everything. Like those are, I feel like those are the people that are most at risk, right? Because um, the room's like been very exposed and they have to sanitize everything like touch the garbage, touch the like bio waste and stuff like that. Um, so I have a lot of like respect for those people. Uh, everybody plays a part, even like the registration nurses, like the, well, they're not nurses. I learned that they're clerks. <laughs> so it's just like the people that take all your information. They have to be like very organized. And security, like a lot of people get very emotional at the hostels, especially the visitors, right? Because it's like, oh, someone wants to go see grandpa jack and then they're coming like i saw this one dude and it was like towards the end of my shift at 5 a.m right i'm like a small person like five foot like i know i can't take on anybody but so apparently someone passed away and like it was somebody's dad and this guy came in with two other women he's like oh so he saw security like walking to Uh, the back of emergency and security is usually behind me so it's like my screener station and like the security booth behind me so like you know I have people around me but they were taking care of something else so all this like security guards had to go somewhere in emergency so this guy walks in he's he points that to one of the security guards he's like get me one of them get me one of them and I was like okay like sure like let me just screen you and like what is it for he's like oh, like, my dad just died. And, like, he's not even wearing a mask. He's just very hostile. He's just like, oh, like, I need to see one of them. Like, take me upstairs. I'm like, I don't know how you think this works. Like, you're not going to get, like, a security escort. Like, no problem. And there's three of them, right? So at the time, there's, like, one visitor per person, and then they changed it to no visitors at all, right? Like, you don't want to be visiting someone in, like the ICU anyway like what you think like we're just gonna let people willy-nilly yeah like you can come in and you can come in like no of course not they're in the ICU for a reason right so yeah he thought he could just get escorted upstairs to see his dad I'm like you know like I I feel for him like of course like you know I don't know like I don't really know what to tell you all I know is that you can't go up there and I'm sorry he couldn't like accept it I'm like understand like this is you're not mad at me right you're just like mad at the situation. This is a very, like, very sad thing. I think there was just a lot going on. But then um, one of the nurses came out because she, like, heard everything, all this commotion at, like, I don't know, 4 or 5 a.m. He went to go talk to one of them. And then they arranged, like, this deal where one of them could go at a time. So there were, like, three of them. And then each person could get escorted up 
like one at a time. I think like I told him to put a mask on. He like lashed out at me for like having a smile on my face and I'm wearing a mask. And then I was just like very confused. I was just like, he said, get that smirk off your face. And I was like, what? Like, I'm trying to help you. Like, I, I understand you, but like, there's like steps to this, right? So that was just like one example. Oh man, poor guy was like, oh really, it sounds like, I mean, dad's death is obviously like very bad, but yeah, poor guy was clearly very, very upset about that as he should be, but oh, <laughs> I feel for both sides here. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just, it's not any of our faults. It's just like, we're all trying to work through it, right? So like communication is important. Like, Listening's important, but yeah, you, like you can't be mad at people. Like it's a very stressful place to be the hospital. Like if you don't work there, right? Thankfully, the people that do work there are professionals. Like they've been through all of these scenarios, all these situations. So they're really, like, very well equi- equipped to handle it. So um, you should definitely feel very uh, safe when you're in the hospital. Yeah, because like, you know, these people are tenured, right? So like, mm-hmm. I'm sure... The nurses were like able to they like they were able to figure something out. Security was able to figure something out. Did you ever feel like quitting because of fear of like contracting the virus? I don't know if I felt like quitting. I feel like I thought about it, but mostly like I just made sure to do my own due diligence of like sanitizing, washing, like showering, making sure that my laundry was done. Cause like pretty much every outfit that I wore that day, like I would have to toss in the laundry right after. Yeah, so like it made a, for a very large amount of laundry to do, but it's just it's just like a very small thing to do for not contracting COVID. Even like getting into my car, like. I wanted, like, I had to sanitize the handles and my steering wheel every single time. Just in case, like, you never know, right? Like, even if you're doing your due diligence, that doesn't mean, like, someone else isn't. Like, you know how people, like, throw their mask around or they just, like, don't really care for it. You don't know, like, what people have been touching or, like, who they've been in contact with. And maybe, like, they don't even know who they've been in contact with. And also, like, social distancing is, like, a huge part of that, right? When I was working as a screener, the early stages of COVID, like, when we didn't have a name for COVID, like, we just called it coronavirus. And, like, I saw a lot of my friends hanging out or like I heard about it and it got to a point where like they didn't even want to like say anything to me or around me or like like incriminate themselves that they've been like hanging out because they knew like how I felt about that I'm like listen like I see people die here because of COVID I see the families that walk in like how do you think it makes me feel to like um have to direct them to people to tell them like their loved ones died and like seeing that look on their face like this is a real thing like and this was before like a lot of young people started catching it too so it's like oh you know old people get it or people that are immunocompromised get it and it's like no like everybody gets it and you can see that now as like the cases are going up um and things like that so it's like oh like yeah I got to a point where my friends didn't even want to say anything around me to like incriminate themselves and I'm just like like in my head I'm like you guys should know better and it's like I don't need to give you like the speech like you know right like I tell you how like I feel like I feel like like, terrible sometimes because it's like I go home and I have to sleep knowing that someone is dealing with a loss today right and that like I guess like I said like it was also my first time in healthcare so like it's something new to me and like I think like when you're tenured that's something like you also have to learn to cope with like I didn't have that coping like skills yet like I didn't know how to cope with that yet but yeah it just sucked I'm like (laughs) you know, you guys should know better. Like, are you even wearing a mask? Like, I, I remember 
I was talking with this one girl like in our discord and she's like yeah like you guys can still drink and stuff you can just host it at somebody's house and like keep it on low and I was like no like (laughs) you know this was even before bubbles were a thing this was when everyone had to specifically isolate and it just like made me feel weird I'm like are you guys only going to accept it when you're in a position like me or like can you learn from all these cases already like I don't know like are you only going to be able to learn when it's like when it happens to you which sucks because you don't I don't want it to happen to anybody like you wouldn't want to wish that on anyone for them to learn right but you know it's it's a hard thing for people to accept because like nobody knows how to cope with it right so like their way of coping with it is just like not dealing with it or not accepting it but so COVID is real it does exist COVID exists (laughs) I want want everyone to know it's not a hoax they're not put they're not putting a chip on our brain like I went to this like one of my lash ladies and she's also a nurse I'm just surrounded by nurses like that's the energy I attract I think like I should go to med school or something I think it's my calling um but my lash lady was also a nurse and she was telling me that she worked at the assessment center at the same hospital and then she had to deal with this guy who thought there was, like, they were putting a chip in his brain. And then he wanted to see the swab after she did it. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, and she was like, do you have a Facebook account? Do you, give, do you have a driver's license? Do you, like, pay bills? Like, the government already knows who you are and where you are. Like, why would they need to put a chip in your brain? You think that you're Osama bin Laden or something, that they're going to, like you know do all these things take you down like who are you like why would they need to do that right it's like you think the money the government's gonna spend money on you like that it's like no you like like if the government wanted to track you and trace you and find you like they're like if they're not already doing these things like they have all this information right so it's like it is like where is this coming from (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah no I mean we'll talk about this like off off the record because like I also recently have been watching some videos I obviously do believe believe that COVID exists but like I've also been watching some or I was exposed to this video that just made me get all like freaked out about the I'll we'll still talk off camera but anyways (laughs) but like yeah no I I agree with you it's like also that's just like I don't know what to say. I don't want to, I don't want to crap on anybody on this podcast. Like everybody's going through their own tension and their own stress because of the pandemic. But yeah, like, I think your, your words are so important in the sense that like, why does it have to take falling sick with the virus, even as like a youngster to, to, to take the precautions, you know, why is it like, that's the worst case scenario has to happen for you to learn your lessons. So I hope that whoever's listening to this takes this as a sign to like, really take your precautions seriously, wear your mask, sanitize yourself. Um, how did your family feel about your job? Like, were there any concerns with knowing that you're in such close contact to people who may or may not have the virus every single day for 12 hours continuously? Um, so my immediate family, like I live with my sister and my mom and like they knew about it. They were more supportive. Like my mom, she would ask me like, how was it? Da, da, da. And I'd be like, oh, like it was okay. She started working from home around that time. And like even my sister and I, we we're just like mostly in our rooms anyway. So Fortunately for me, it worked out. My room and my sister's room, they're like on opposite sides of, opposite sides of the house. So like, you know, in, in any shared space, it would just be like one of us at a time and then just go back to our rooms. Um, I think like a person I was more concerned about was my mom because she was kind of like all around. But like usually it worked out because since I was overnight, they would be in their rooms anyway. And then when I came home, like I would shower and like change and stuff like that. 
I, it was generally okay. And then I would kind of just keep to my own anyway, just in case. But like, even now, I'm just like constantly washing my hands, sanitizing, but it's okay. But actually, like my boyfriend, I didn't go over there. Like, I think I went over there once at the beginning. And then I didn't go over there like at all until I was done my contract. So there was this one time he came to drop me off McDonald's like at night when I was at the hospital. And like, that was pretty much it. Cause like, what's the point if I see him and then he goes home and he sees his mom? Like, it's just, I might as well just go over it, right? We just decided like, it's probably better because my immediate family, like I can't really get out of that. Some screeners, well, I knew this one screener, she decided to get a place for herself because her mom was immunocompromised. And that was like a time when Airbnb was like providing like a free service for healthcare workers or frontline workers. I can't remember. That's just like what she told me. But she, somewhat, like someone she connected with gave her a place for really cheap for like a few months so she could like not go home. Like I still came home and like distanced myself. But then I like I didn't see my boyfriend. I didn't see like my boyfriend's family. Um, also because like his mom was pretty concerned that I was working in the hospital which makes sense like it's, it's totally understandable like I, I don't take any offense to that at all like anybody um, would be paranoid or not paranoid but just concerned and it makes sense because there's someone else that I know that is a nurse uh, on their side and like she started working in the ICU and like a couple weeks later she got it right it, it's a very valid reason to be concerned right especially um, the people that are coming in that I was working with, they're like undiagnosed already. They're untreated. Like we don't know what it is. It could be contagious, could be not. Out of curiosity, would you take the vaccine when it's available to you? Like when you when it's your turn? I would, yeah. I think when it comes available to the public, like it just makes sense. There's uh, a lot of like manpower behind it, a lot of brains. So it's not like like, I, I don't understand when people are like, oh, it takes X amount of years to like make a vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, it's like, yes, but also like think about the research and the manpower behind it. Like this is like the collective brains of like all the doctors and researchers and scientists worldwide. Right. So, yeah, like it makes sense. There's science behind it. Like, you know, you can always look up the facts and stuff if you're not so sure. But personally, for me, I would take it. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not even life science, like nothing like that. Okay, so oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Everybody yeah. putting remember she's not a <laughs> she's I, not certified. I'm just asking her opinion. Yep. I got my own brain, so <laughs> I would take it, yes. This is like my last question before we move into the lightning round. So I know that you know it's important to take precautions as we've like been talking about. It's important to like hit people with the hard truth, which is like why I wanted somebody who's like working right at the front lines to like hop on this podcast with me because yeah, I wanted our listeners to hear about like this. These are real stories that you're telling me. Um, but I also think that it's important to give people hope at a time like this, where there's so much of stress and so much worries, basically where there feels like there is no hope. So on the flip side, what are some words of hope for people that you'd like to give who are super duper anxious about it? And this could be like, or basically like, you know, what are some some uplifting lessons that you learned from this experience that, you know, would inspire you to give words of hope to others? Well, because the first thing that comes to mind for me, like, um, that wouldn't have happened without the pandemic is, uh, like, me meeting a new friend, like, at screeners. Um, and, like, we were just going through it together. Like, for the first couple shifts, we were stationed together. And, um, like, she's amazing like I love her and like when we started talking we realized that we were in a lot of the same circles like she worked at this place 
like a year before I did and then she like went here um and she knows these people I'm like that's crazy like I can't believe we've been in the same circles for so long and we haven't met each other yet and it's like the fact that we were in so many of the same circles we actually ended up right next to each other like I think that's crazy right um so I'm like very grateful because she like such a she's like a positive person and then um she's a nursing student now like she applied to go to nursing school like earlier in 2020 and then now she's in nursing school um so I think that was really cool. Like I met a friend there and I, I met some other people actually. I met some other guy who was also into music, like um, music production. And um, like you meet a lot of people that are kind of just from all walks of life and we're all just here together, like going through it for the first time together. Um, so I met a lot of like friends that way. And it just like made me feel better. It's like, there's no like a linear path to anything like like he and I like he's in music I was in advertising we're both at the hospital (laughs) and it's like it's fine like it's just it's just as valid as any other path or any other experience it's like a good reminder to like not beat yourself up about anything because I know like pandemic has changed a lot of plans for people but you know like maybe this will lead to something greater than you expected or like greater than you could like imagine or it'll give you like what you need like for me it gave me that time for self-care time for self-reflection you know giving myself my own time to work on projects that like I felt like I never had time for quote unquote and now I do right the best is yet to come if it hasn't come already it's also something I learned from listening to keep it spicy but uh, in my own experience I find that it's true that is my <laughs> that, was, that, that was beautiful <laughs> I think I'm thank crying you. a little <laughs> all right thank you so much and now we're just going to shift gears on the question are you ready for the lightning round yes it's time for the lightning round let's jump in so are you a morning person or a night owl I used to be a night owl, but now I am a morning person. Are you a hunter or a gatherer? Gatherer. Fred's favorite social media app? Probably Instagram. Best advice you've ever received? The one that comes to mind is overpromise and underdeliver. But um, I don't know if that's like my favorite, but. Worst advice you've ever received? This lightning round is like, yo, it's not lightning. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like people that tell you to just get over it, just get over something. When you like, it's like deeply, you need to deeply process something. It's the worst advice. A food you wish didn't exist. Bananas. You hate bananas? I'm sorry. Like ever since I was a kid, I just, I just hate, like I hate bananas. I feel like I know the answer to this, but coffee or tea? Coffee. Country you've been to with the best street food? Philippines. Written communication or verbal communication? Written. Buy a business or start a business? Buy a business. (laughs) A favorite like ads manager platform? Google Ads. Um, Three things to have by your side when working from home. Water, your phone, and a charger. And my final question, if you could describe yourself as a flavor, what would it be? Watermelon. Oh, I like, okay, I like that. All right, so thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Um, So before we like wrap up this episode, we both wanted to send you all off with a quote. So Amparo, since you're the special guest, I would love for you to do the honors. The world needs huge positive energy to fight against the negative forces. 
Go to the center of your inner being and generate that positive energy for the welfare of humanity by Amit Ray. Yes, indeed. And Ampara, if our listeners want or are interested in learning a bit more about you, is there a way that they can follow you or reach out to you? Give us that. Give us hit, hit us with the plug. Okay, so my personal Instagram is AmiWu, uh, A-H-M-E-E-W-U. Uh, you can also follow my freelance portrait photography, which is at LoveAms, uh, L-O-V-E underscore A-H-M-Z. Uh, you can also find more of my work on my website at ami.net, A-H-M-E-E dot net. Or you can like hit me up directly in an email at woo.ampero at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you. This was lovely chatting with you. And like, thank you for sharing your experience working in the hospital during a time of like so much confusion and, and loss and like all of that. Like, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And um, I hope to hear more about your adventures freelancing and just I'm super excited to see what's yet to come for you. Thanks, Shuba. I'm so excited. Uh, I feel very honored to be a guest here. Um, And thank you for spending some time with me today. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you folks enjoyed that. Join me next Sunday for another episode on Keep It Spicy. If you want to stay in the loop, follow me on Instagram at underscore Keep It Spicy and on Twitter at Keep It Spicy Pod for more related content and some pick-me-ups in the middle of your week. Like, comment, and share the content and podcast with friends and family. On that note, remember folks, keep it spicy, yours truly, XX.